What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow our social pages on Twitter and on Facebook for the latest updates. This week, we have uh, Colin Casey on the program. Colin is the uh, play-by-play announcer for the uh, Fayetteville Woodpeckers of the Single A of Single A Baseball. They are affiliate of the Houston Astros. Uh, Colin also is a graduate of UMass Amherst. Uh, Colin, uh, what's going on? Hey, Garrett. Uh, great to finally get a chance to talk with you. Um, great to be in the full swing of things as far as baseball season goes and uh, looking forward to uh, finishing up. Well, I guess not finishing up because we're uh, we're already in the we're only only in the first month. The the season in the Carolina League flies by. So looking forward to uh, continuing on in my second year in uh, in minor league baseball with Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Colin, you've been a broadcaster for uh, quite quite a while. Um, you've done a number of different sports. Uh, just for the folks at home, what are some of the other what are some of the other things that you've done over the last couple of years? Yeah, so I got into broadcasting in my uh, freshman year of high school. Actually, uh, the school high school I went to in East Long Meadow, Massachusetts, uh, it was just EL ELHS. Um, they have a uh, a local TV program that is directly affiliated with the town that operates out of the high school and kind of one of the, the older wings out in the, uh, out, out attached to the high school. So uh, halfway through my freshman year, I went down there, talked with the director at, uh, at LCAP, you saw metal cable access television and kind of just asked uh, if, if there was any opportunities to broadcast sports or, or, or whatever the case may be. And so, Right away in that December, January of my first year in high school, um, I was put on a couple of women's basketball broadcasts, and mm-hmm. that's kind of where uh, my passion and love for broadcasting took off. Uh, continued throughout my four years to broadcast men and women's basketball. Uh, I did some football my sophomore year on, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that, that that team was a lot of fun to cover. And uh, once uh, – uh, after my freshman year where I played baseball from sophomore year on is when I started broadcasting baseball, which has, uh, has obviously been a sport that I've kind of really honed in on uh, over the years. But uh, after my time in high school, I went about 40 minutes north to uh, to Amherst to spend four years of, uh, of college there at UMass. Uh, ended up falling in love with hockey while I was there, and the timing couldn't have been more perfect because – that was about the same times when UMass hockey really started to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Kale McCarr, who ended up being one of their uh, their the, actually the best uh, athlete that's really gone through that program mm-hmm. uh, at UMass on the ice. So uh, got a chance to broadcast a national championship game my sophomore year. The playoffs were canceled due to COVID my junior year. But my senior year, they ended up making it back there and ended up winning. So it was a really great and a special final broadcast in Pittsburgh to be able to call uh, such a historic moment for not just the program, but also for the school as well. And uh, just uh, really kind of reignited that, that passion I had that kind of at times it faded a little bit during those those times where there weren't a lot of opportunities to broadcast because, you know, everything was shut down. And uh, that was a really big moment for me where I realized, OK, I still have a lot of love for broadcasting. I still have a lot of love for, for sports and, and I want to continue down this path. 
Mm-hmm. Um, spent a couple of years also during my college time in the Cape Cod Baseball League with the Harwich Mariners. And that's where I really wanted to pursue baseball after those two years, getting a chance to see some of the best college prospects um, throughout the country do battle and uh, had two great summers in 2019 and 2021 there. And uh, was just fortunate enough to get the opportunity this past uh, year in 2022. I actually, um, I I only got one interview uh, once I had graduated in minor league baseball and it was with Fayetteville Woodpeckers and, Fortunately for me, I ended up landing that job and I, uh, I've been grateful to still be in minor league baseball to this day and uh, year two now with the Woodpeckers down here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I, all I can say is uh, it's just been a complete blast being being a part of this organization and getting the opportunity to call baseball games day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So going back to uh, the UMass championship, I'm kind of curious about what those what those games were like, you know, calling uh, games on such a huge stage. Because uh, I called, like back in high school, I think I called a couple of championship games. But, you know, the college level and calling those, you know, types of games, what what was that like? Yeah, so uh, my sophomore year, the first time, it was definitely a big surprise to see the team take as big of a step as they did forward. Um, they previous season, even with Kale McCarr in his freshman year, uh, they, they finished, I think it was eighth or ninth in the conference, won yeah. their first round matchup and then lost in the uh, quarterfinals of the conference tournament. And so a lot of people expected a big step forward, but I don't think they quite expected the team to be as good as they were the so- uh, my sophomore year. Um, but they ended up making a deep run in the hockey East tournament and uh, felt ended up falling two games short, lost to Boston college at the garden, uh, and then they still qualified for the uh, national tournament because they finished, uh, I think it was somewhere in the top five in the rankings there that, that year. Um, and then they just got hot at that time, which is kind of all that really matters come tournament time is you just want to be the hottest team out there. And uh, they were, I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity to go to uh, Manchester, New Hampshire to call those first two regional games and sure enough, they uh, they were just uh, dominant in both those games. Punched their ticket to Buffalo, uh, won a thrilling overtime game against Denver in 2019 uh, to get to the national championship game. But ultimately, Minnesota Duluth, who they ran into, was just a better team, more experienced team. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was tough, but I got a chance to be on play by play for that. And I was uh, there were a lot of butterflies going into that game. And even though the result wasn't the uh, the result that myself and a lot of people at UMass were looking for mm-hmm. it was just a really great opportunity and I was hoping that I'd get the chance to go to to get another opportunity to call such a, a game at a high magnitude and mm-hmm. fortunately for me I, it came again my senior year and the funny thing is, is I didn't call a single game up until my uh the frozen four of that year because of COVID uh there was just the the state guidelines and whatnot, there just wasn't any opportunities for me prior to then to even get a, get anything in. I I did a couple of practice broadcasts during the, uh, during the first couple of playoff games. And that at least helped me prepare a little bit, but once they made it to Pittsburgh for the frozen four and they played Duluth in a rematch of the national championship, it was just me calling my first UMass game essentially since March of 2020, which was uh, felt felt like a lot of pressure, 
but um it uh it ultimately ended up going really well they scored a, a game winner in overtime that was a moment that i won't forget and then two days later they ended up winning a national championship in, in convincing fashion and it was uh it was certainly worth the wait of of a tough senior year where i didn't have the opportunities i was hoping for didn't get a chance to accomplish as much as i would have liked at, at wmua the radio station that i was a sports director at but Ultimately, uh, I couldn't be more proud of the the group we had and making the most of the opportunities that we had, even though there weren't, uh, you know, a lot of resources at the time because we couldn't really access the studio. We had a we had a brand new studio that we were moving into that year as well, and it, w- it would have been nice to have a little bit more time to to use that my senior year. But we still we made the most of it, and we got rewarded with a lot of a lot of cool things that we were able to accomplish down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's certainly something that I won't forget. And definitely that, that moment in Pittsburgh is, is, is the highlight of my broadcasting career. Uh, what was like, do you remember from the championship winning game? Do you remember what your call was? Yeah. So th- what helped was they, they got out in front early. They mm-hmm. scored about halfway through the first period. Mm-hmm. Got another one after that quickly and, and really didn't let St. Cloud State get any closer. So once it was second intermission, I think it was either 2 nothing after 2, 3 nothing after 2, whatever it was, I started being getting a chance to prepare for what I wanted to, to talk about as the final seconds were ticking down. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of spent the last 90 seconds of the broadcast um, talking about the history of UMass hockey the, the program ceased to exist for 15 years from the late seventies to the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had a few bright spots in, in the two thousands with Jonathan quick as their goaltender mm-hmm. um, made it to a couple of uh, national tournaments, but didn't really get that, that, that big run they were hoping for. They never actually won a, a hockey East championship either until that year. Mm-hmm. And they were able to accomplish that. And on top of that, in that, in that stretch down, down the stretch, they ran into some big time adversity with a couple of positive tests. Their starting goaltender uh, tested positive for COVID ahead of the semifinals game. So they had to go to their backup. But the good thing about UMass at the time is they just had such great goalie depth. Uh, Matt Murray stepped in for Philip Lindbergh, who was out with COVID, and he was big in the Duluth game. So I mentioned that they they overcame adversity. They overcame, you know, con- contact tracing with COVID. And I, I kind of closed it out saying, but tonight they won the ultimate prize. Yeah. And the head coach of UMass, Greg Carville, his big thing was was calling it new mass instead of zoo mass, which is something that UMass is colloquially known for is, you know, zoo mass being a big time party school. But he turned it into this 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 mantra of new mass where mm-hmm. we want to be a new uh, we want to be known for our, our, our character and our work ethic and our ability to compete. At a high level in Division One hockey, and mm-hmm. so I, I I closed that call with new mass, new champions for the first time in program history. The Minutemen are national champions. I thought that was just a fitting way to to sum up what was a a really special last four years that led to such a crowning achievement for for all those guys that were laying it all on the line out there on the ice in Pittsburgh. So I know that obviously now you're doing you're doing baseball and that's kind of what the focus is now. But like when you think about the sports that you've broadcasted, which sport do you think's which sport do you think is your favorite to broadcast 
And then which one do you think is like the most difficult that you've had to broadcast? So as far as favorite goes, um, I, I think it's toss up between hockey and baseball because those are the two I really have, have done a lot of ever since I got to college. But um, the thing is with baseball is just being the great thing about baseball is all the games that are played and you just have so many chances to, to see something that you've never seen before on the baseball field. And we've actually seen it in uh, the first couple of games this year. We had, uh, we've had a couple of strange delays. We had a, 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 a cat run on the field in our first series, which was wow. wild. And then a couple of days later in the second inning, we had a, uh, one of our carts that was carrying around our mascot that kind of just broke an axle uh, and uh-huh. ended up digging into the warning track and they couldn't, they, uh, they couldn't drive it off the field. So we had to spend about 10, 15 minutes to try to get that off the field. Yeah. Um, so that's the cool thing about baseball and just yeah. the, uh, the, the, the fun there is when you're, when you're calling baseball and those big moments uh, really unmatched and, and this kind of goes segueing into your question about the most difficult sport. It's definitely got to be hockey. Um, it's just calling, calling hockey on the radio was the biggest challenge and adjustment I've ever had. Um, my freshman year, listening to how, how I did on my freshman year at my old tape at, at WMUA compared to what it was my senior year, it was a, uh, uh, night and day because it takes a long time to really be able to keep up with the pace of play of hockey. And not only that, you have to describe everything that's going on. You've got to describe where the puck is, who's got it, what, what the action is, how much time's left. Uh, if there's a power play, how much time's left on that. And, and it's, there's a lot to keep track of. Whereas baseball, it, it is slower. And there's also a challenge in that because you have to be able to, 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 monitor your pace in an appropriate way when you're calling these baseball games you gotta you gotta you gotta recognize the situation um and and know okay this is this is what we need to focus on this is what the viewer needs to know about why this 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 moment's so important and uh just baseball it's a lot about picking and choosing your spots to to really be able to tell the story Mm -hmm. um who are some when you are like maybe growing up or starting to do broadcasting, who are some uh, like inspirations, who are some broadcasters that you would maybe listen to and try to take, you know, advice, not advice, but like take maybe some of the things that they say or the style that they do. Yeah. Uh, growing up in new England, um, obviously you have to point towards those, those broadcasters that I grew up listening to and watching, uh, whether it be on Nesson or, or, or on the radio at WEEI. So um, I listened to a lot of Joe Castiglione um, in yeah. baseball, a lot of, a lot of it because when I was, you know, nine, 10 years old um, it, on the, on those weeknights before the summer, before summer, uh, I, I was, I was in bed by nine o'clock. So I, uh, the only way I could tune in and catch the conclusions of those games were to, to turn on my alarm clock radio and listen to, to Joe and uh, Dave O'Brien and all those guys on, on WEI. Um, and same can be said too, for uh, Celtics basketball too. I listened to a lot of Sean Grandy and Cedric Maxwell um, uh, in those playoff games late at night when I, when I had school the next day. Yeah. Um, but uh, Don Orsillo also, Love listening to him. Great broadcaster. Went to from the area. Went to school at Northeastern, um, and was a staple for Red Sox baseball for a decade. 
Um, unfortunate how things turned out when he didn't stay in Boston is now in San Diego, but he's still as good, if not better than he was in Boston now in San Diego, which is great to see. Um, and uh, I, I listened to a lot of Jack Edwards too, growing up. Um, he, he, He's, he gets a lot of criticism for for the way he approaches broadcasting. With you know, he's, call, he's called biased a lot, but yeah. I don't think there's anyone that has more passion than, than Jack does for for calling games. And you, you see that in in some of the games you go back and watch some of the big Bruins playoff games they've had over the years. And mm-hmm. even when the opposition scores such a big goal, he still shows so much enthusiasm in his calls because. You know he's just a big fan of the game, and and I can completely respect that because I I I feel the same way. It's always great to see someone score a big time goal, whether it's you know your team or not. You're you're out. Your job is to really bring enthusiasm to the game and inspire that level of enthusiasm to the future of 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 as far as fans go, players go, whoever it is that's tuning in. And I think that's something that Jack does well. So that was. Uh, he he was a lot of fun to listen to growing up, but really, I got a chance to listen to a lot of broadcasters, and and, and, and New England sports fans have been spoiled over the years to to be able to to tune into those uh, such such legendary names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, I know we've talked about the the UMass championship game or the Frozen Four games. What are some other games that are like really special to you or? like best games that you've broadcasted. Yeah. Uh, in the, uh, in the Cape league, we had some, some really fun games down the stretch of uh, my first year in the Cape league, which was in, uh, in 2019. Mm-hmm. We, um, first of all, we had a, a seven inning game because of a double header. And uh, one of our, one of our pitchers ended up going the distance, pitched no hitter, which was really fun to, to yeah. celebrate that moment. And it was a special moment for him. So that was cool. Um, also in the playoffs, uh, we had a, a, a moment where one of our, one of our hitters towards bottom lineup, I think an eight or nine hitter um, that is always, always really worked his tail off to, to get that, those opportunities, get those at bats and came up with a, with a chance in like the seventh or eighth inning three run ball game. And he, he delivered a big time insurance home run, which was really cool to see. And um, you could hear the crowd in the background when I was calling that home run of him rounding the bases. And it was uh, really, really a special moment for him, special moment for that team. And ultimately uh, probably the highlight of that season. So in, uh, in Cape league baseball, I know it's just a summer league, but it means a lot to those players. It means mm-hmm. equally as, as much as their college seasons do. And it's a special two months for the players, for the host families, for, for the fans that come out and, and for us broadcasters. I mean, it's those, those two years I had in, in Cape league baseball were, were invaluable to, to the stuff that I've done now in, in Fayetteville the last couple of years, got a real chance to just see, how important the, the game is to people. And and I think it gives you a really good perspective on, on the sport and on life too. It, it gave me a perspective on, on how competitive this industry is and how, uh, how important work ethic is to, to, to get where you want to be down the line. And in my two years in Harwich, uh, that, that, that's one of the big things I took away is just, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be able to put in the work and um, you have to be able to, to stay focused, even, even at times in, in, in this industry can, it can rip your heart out and, 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 and 
leave you a lot of self-doubt, but yeah. the important thing is to, to be able to stay positive, stay focused and stay determined. And, and, and my time in the Cape league was a, a big reason why I've been able to do, do all that and much more and, and, and get to where I am today in minor league ball. Mm-hmm. So we've touched on it a little bit, you know, going through maybe some difficult or challenging times. I mean, clearly in the, the pandemic, the opportunities, you know, for obvious reasons weren't there, but um, were there any other times that like along this journey where it got difficult and like, maybe what did you do to like, kind of get out, get out of that? Yeah. Um, the, probably the toughest time was actually a little over a year ago. Um, after I, I spent time calling junior hockey right after I graduated from UMass, uh, I went to, I spent the summer after I graduated in the Cape league. Um, and then I, I did a lot of junior hockey that first, first winter up in new England and Bedford mass and, 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 and on the Eastern part of the state. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, I, I'd like to put myself in a position to get something in minor league baseball, if it's possible. Uh, sent out a lot of applications throughout that winter and didn't really hear back from a whole lot of, of, of anything. Um, and so I, I kind of realized, all right, I'm running out of time here and I, I don't really know what the next step would be. Um, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to give up and I, I'm going to keep looking for those opportunities out there mm-hmm. and sent an email out to Andrew Chapman, who's the, uh, broadcasting coordinator for the Fayetteville woodpeckers. Um, and, he was looking for an assistant for, for that upcoming summer. Um, got a chance to interview, thought it went really well and uh, was, was, was hoping I'd get some good news. And at first I didn't, uh, I, I, he ended up sending me an email saying they went with someone else. I said, Hey, that's the nature of the beast. I appreciate the interview. I was just fortunate enough to, to, to get that chance. Um, And then a week later I got an email again. uh, Sorry. I got a phone call from him actually uh, out of the blue and he told me that the guy he ended up hiring uh, took a job elsewhere on his first day there. He ended up getting a really good offer and didn't hesitate to jump on it. And so he asked me, he said, I mean, I'm still looking for, I'm looking for a broadcast uh, partner now and, and number two in Fayetteville. So job's yours if you want it. And so I spent the next 24 hours thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get another opportunity like this in, 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 in minor league baseball. So this could be it. And uh, I threw my, threw my life in a suitcase over the next week and uh, hustled on down to Fayetteville and, and the rest has been history so far. So um, it, th- those moments, you know, it can, it can be dejecting to find mm-hmm. out, you know, you didn't get a job or you didn't make us a, a team or whatever it is in life. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, I've, I've gone through those moments countless times. And I think it, it, there's, there's two approaches you can have. You can be frustrated and, 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 and tr- you know, just, I, I don't want to say give up, but you, you, you right. can be frustrated and, 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 and look for reasons to, you know, continue to feel sorry and, 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 and wonder why it happened. Or you can just, you know, keep, keep your head down and keep going. And, and, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of luck and that's what it was for me. I'm, I'm forever fortunate for the opportunity and I'm glad I, I didn't, you know, decline that phone call. It was, uh, it, for, for all we know, we'll see what happens 10 years from now. And it could be, you know, the, the, the single most important reason why I end up getting to where I am 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't taken a single thing for granted since then. It's, uh, 
nothing's given in, uh, in, in, in the, in the sports industry, whether it be broadcasting sales or, or even as an athlete, everyone, everyone realizes that. And that's why I, uh, I, I've, I've cherished every single moment I've had down here in Fayetteville. Appreciate everything Andrew has done for me. And, uh, I, I, I haven't regretted a single second of, of, of the decision that I made, uh, back in, in, in May of, uh, in March, excuse me, of last year. So you mentioned Andrew, who are some other people that have like helped you along the way, get to the like places that you've wanted to get to. Yeah, that's the important thing. You want to have a lot of people in your corner in, in this industry. And it's, you right. also want people that, that, that tell you, you know, that, that give you feedback, whether you want to hear it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, a- Andrew is a, is a big, big, big key contributor in that probably the like most important person I've had the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. in this industry, I've learned so much from him mm-hmm. and um, I, I'll continue to learn so much from him the rest of the season for sure. And beyond. Um, but he, he's uh, he's given me a lot of advice about how to approach the approach this industry and, 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 and how to, you know, carry yourself in a, in a, in a professional and, uh, and, professional and positive manner, which is, which is great. Uh, some of the other people I've talked to, um, I, I've gotten a chance to talk with so many great people in this industry, so many talented people. Um, Eric Galanti, who's currently the voice of Boston College Athletics, um, graduated from Syracuse, really great, great guy and, and a fantastic broadcaster. Got a chance to listen to him call a lot of hockey games uh, whenever, whenever Boston College was on Nesson and anytime uh, they're on Nesson. It's uh, great to see him on, on the call. He gave me some really good advice uh, uh, and, and good info um, feedback on uh, on my reel when I sent it to him uh, earlier in the off season. So he's been he's been a, a big time help as well. Uh, and I also right before I got the job in Fayetteville, um, I was I wanted advice in the industry, so I reached out to Mike Monaco. Um, and I didn't hear from him at, at first um, because I reached out to him two days before the lockout ended in 2022. And so he was right down to Fort Myers after that. And he was, he was busy from the get go, but sure enough, I was down in Fayetteville um, for the first couple of months, went home for a week during a, a road trip in May. And he ended up reaching out to me and saying, Hey, I, I'd love to get a chance to talk with you. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, give you some feedback on, on your reel. I'm like, absolutely. Uh, I've, I've listened to Mike ever since he's been a fill-in guy on Nesson. And I've, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, one, what he's been one of my biggest like mentors the last couple of years out of the newer, newer age broadcasters. The guy just does everything well, whether it be uh, college basketball, whether it be baseball and Nesson, he's done a lot of hockey as well. Mm-hmm. College football, like he's Jack of all trades. He's a Massachusetts guy was in the Cape league as well, a couple of years back and uh, really just a, a big time inspiration for me. So the, there's countless others and, and I'll, I'll certainly come across more as, as my career progresses. But um, the great thing about this industry is everyone really likes to, to help everyone else out. And, you know, it's uh, it's always great to have people reach out to, to you and, and ask for help because, at one point or another, where no matter where you are, whether you're just straight out of college or you've been in this industry for 20 years, there, there's always a, a someone who can reach out to you and, and you can be be a mentor to them 
and mm-hmm. vice versa. There's always someone you can reach out to for advice to, to, to better yourself as a broadcaster and a professional in this industry. And that's, that's one of the special things. Like everyone really starts to know everyone in, in, in broadcasting and you can always, it's easy to reach out to somebody and not be worried that you're going to get, you know, a, a negative response. Everyone seems to really want to help everyone else out as competitive as things are. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are, what are some events that like you've always wanted to broadcast and like, are, is there anything on like a, I mean, for, for lack of a better term, like a bucket list of like events that you really want to cover? Yeah. Um, obviously everyone in this industry likes to shoot, shoot for really big time goals. And, and why, why wouldn't you, you know, you want to be able to, to call these elite crown sporting events and, you know, the world series would obviously be a really great thing to call. Yeah. With, uh, with, you know, you've seen all these historic moments and, and, and iconic moments and all the, all the calls that have been, you know, remembered and, and etched in baseball history. So that that's been pretty cool. But one sport that I don't really, I haven't really, broadcasted much of but would always be cool to call is is any kind of major tournament in golf like the masters like that's uh those uh those moments in on on sunday at augusta are really cool to see and there's just been so many great calls whether it be Vern lundquist when uh tiger woods chipped in and in, in, in 05 off the back of the green at 16 whether it be um you know jim nance and and him all the all the iconic moments that Nance has been on the call for, whether it be Tiger winning that fifth jacket or, you know, even this past year with John Rom winning, um, he's, uh, he's, he's been a part of so many key moments at the masters and obviously the, the final four, which, you know, Nance is, is since retired from after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and honestly, I, one other sport I'd like to broadcast for again is the national championship for hockey. Uh, it was great to do it as a, as a student broadcaster for our radio station, but even cooler to, to call it on ESPN and, and be the voice of, of college hockey and, and big time playoff games. I, I, I still have such a great passion for college hockey. I, I'm lucky enough to call games during the uh, baseball off season for Holy Cross and Atlantic Hockey Association. Mm-hmm. And, and those games are, are just so much fun to, to be on, on a call for. It takes me back to my time in college and it's the passion is just still still there so mm-hmm. there's uh there's no shortage of events that i'd love to be on the call for but uh those are a couple of the the key ones that really uh have a, have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. um, all right colin this was uh great to have you on the podcast uh great to great to learn some stuff you know i think as i've said before you know it's always great to have you know new guests on the program you know, sharing their, their experiences through, through what have you. Um, but anything, anything else you want to add before, before we let you go? Any, any plugs you want to do for yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess one thing I, I'd like to just kind of give a shout out to is really everyone at the university of Massachusetts that's uh, in, into broadcasting now. Um, it, there's been some big names that have come out of that school, uh, as far as broadcasters go, um, uh, in, in journalism as well, Mike Reese, who covers the Patriots for ESPN, was at WMUA, gotten a chance to he's talked to our uh, our our group when I was there. Really great, like one of the nicest guys I've ever heard talk. Um, Mark Bertrand, uh, who's on Zolik and Bertrand, uh, attended to on uh, the Sports Hub. 
he was really helpful, um, really supportive of, of, of the school and the broadcasting uh, program at WMUA, which mm-hmm. is, which is awesome. But I, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the, the newer, newer people that have come in the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Nathan Strauss, who came in after I did, uh, he was the uh, broadcaster, I'm uh, sorry, the broadcast director um, that succeeded me in, in, in the year after. Um, and he's, He's taken the bull by the horns in this industry. He's already done a lot of broadcast stuff for the university as a as a graduate, and now he's in the Carolina League with me. With he's with the Augusta Green Jackets, a single A affiliate for Atlanta um, this summer, and he's already doing some some awesome things there. But I'm starting to see more more uh, more men and women that have just really found themselves a, a passion for broadcasting through WMUA. Um, we've had a lot more broadcasters do summer leagues in, in, in baseball, um, whether it be the Cape League, the NECBL, even the Futures League. And there's just uh, a lot of a lot of talent starting to come out of Amherst. And I think once uh, once, you know, years go by five years, 10 years down the line, we're going to see a lot more people in this industry come out of out of UMass. And that's something that really I I take a lot of pride in to know that. At at one point or another, I hope I, I, I hope to think that I was, uh, you know, a, a big part of why someone wanted to, to get into broadcasting from from a, a school, not 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 necessarily a small school, but a school not known for broadcasting that has slowly but surely started to to be, develop a reputation of people going to this school because they want to broadcast sports and to be a part of that was is just something that I I really want to to, you know be able to hang my hat on yeah of course so any um any personal plugs you you want to do uh yeah uh, i guess uh i'll shamelessly plug uh if you want to follow uh my me on twitter uh it's uh at colin casey pxp um mm-hmm. i tweet a lot about the the woodpeckers of course but a lot about houston astros prospects um fortunate enough that the Astros were able to win the world series last year, which was a, a cool thing. I got a chance to go to citizens bank park for one of those games um, in, uh, in, in the world series, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, occasional college hockey tweet as well. I'm, I'm a big time Boston sports fan as well for as far as three of the four sports go, I'm actually a diehard New York giants fan. So uh, that's the, uh, the one exception, but uh Yeah feel free to send a follow on there and uh it's uh it's just been a a, a great chance to talk with you garrett appreciate you having me on and uh always uh, always a pleasure to talk about sports the industry whatnot and it's uh it's been it's been a blast all right yeah it's been it's been fun as well i look forward to maybe talking to you in the future for sure for sure